millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Brexit means Brexit. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Hello and welcome to Mid Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. I'm Royfield Brown, who is in the Bay Area. That is sunny today. Thank heavens it's been raining for the last few days. Now, today I'm joined by writer Doug Levy in the North Bay of San Francisco. We need that drink, Doug. And by pundit and all round spiffing person Emma Burnell in London. Say hello, folks. Hello, folks. <laughs> In a week that has seen the Brexit party and the Lib Dem surge in the UK Europols, we ask, why are men yet again trying to control women's bodies in the United States of America? Mm-hmm. Overwhelming emotion on the ground in Alabama, sweeping across the country. I don't know how we got here, both as a state and a nation, but it's both embarrassing and a little bit terrifying. Who are you to tell me what to do? with my body. It's my decision. It's not yours. And how dare you tell me it is? Tonight, the governor signing a bill into law effectively outlawing abortion in Alabama. All human life is precious. You certainly cannot deter your efforts to protect the unborn uh, because of costs. Making it a crime even if the pregnancy was caused by rape or incest. Do you know what it's like to be raped? No, ma'am, I don't. Do you know what it's like to have a relative commit incest on you? On me? No, ma'am. What do we do? The bill sparking intense partisan fights. He did not make a motion. He made a motion to table. Laws like these becoming a new reality, impacting millions of people in states across the country. Setting up a potential showdown in the highest court of the land. No law is constitutional until the Supreme Court actually revisits Roe versus Wade. I apologize to the women of Alabama for this arcade law that we passed. Pay attention to your legislators. The onslaught against abortion inspiring people like Mallory Hagan to fight for women's rights. We don't end up here by accident. 
We end up here by people not being involved in the world around them. I, for one, think that there's a lot of people who just sort of go, it's not my backyard, I don't really care, until it ends up in their backyard when it's too late. Doug, Alabama has become the latest U.S. state to move to restrict abortions by passing a bill to outlaw the procedure in almost all cases, which includes rape and incest. Why are they doing this? This is pure partisan politics, and it's embarrassing. There are activists on the extreme of one side who are doing everything they can to get a case to the Supreme Court so that Roe versus Wade can be overturned. And it's certainly about abortion, and there are many people who are sincerely pursuing their religious convictions that abortion is wrong. What's problematic is that they're inconsistent because this is the same state that is also happily executing people. So if you're pro-life, that's kind of a contradiction. But more importantly, Roe versus Wade is not just a court case that is fundamental to women's health and reproductive rights. It is the foundational case on the right to privacy. If it is overturned, as is almost certainly going to happen based on the now Trump-dominated Supreme Court, the entire concept of privacy to Americans may change. Doug, let me understand something. The For the last, what, 20, 30 years, the right in America, let's say the conservatives, which isn't quite saying the same as the right, but conservatives in America have, have beat the drum about uh, rolling back Roe versus Wade. Um, how important is that in terms of just emblematically stating that you are a conservative? How much of this is religious conviction? How much of it is the, how much of this is political dogma? It's some of each. It's basically been a ploy. One of the reasons that Trump won was that he had the votes of people who have very strong religious convictions. That That's what pushed him over, over the top. And a couple of decades ago, the conservatives and mostly the right wing of the Republican Party latched on to abortion as their flagship issue to bring those votes to their side. So you have the voting block that is anti-abortion, and you have the voting block that is anti-regulation, anti-consumer, anti-liberal, anti-anything that the last president did. And those two together were enough to win the presidency and also control the Senate. Um, It's power. It's pure and simple power. Emma, the law is likely to be blocked um, in lower courts. Yeah. And uh, people who have, uh, the, the senators who are pressing for this want it to co- go to the Supreme Court. And there are other states that are seeking to do similar restrictions on abortion. Why is this fight happening right now? It's happening now because they're worried um, that Trump won't get re-elected and that there will be a big swing in the other direction. Um, it's happening now because the door has been opened to them in terms of the two, uh, you know, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. It's happening now because we're a more partisan and divided world, your country and mine, than we've ever been. Um, and 
the people who benefit from that need to keep up the levels of constant anger and uh, passion on both sides. So it's essentially trolling, isn't it? It's basically they're sort of trolling women and women's allies in order to keep whipping up anger from that side, which would then be directed at your own side, which then gets them out to vote. I mean, it really is that simple. You will make sure that you max... If Trump Trump is historically unpopular, um, I mean, well, that, not quite historically unpopular. George Bush at the end of his presidency was more unpopular, but Trump mm. has been consistently unpopular, even since his election. And in order for them to have any chance of re-electing him, they have to absolutely firm up the base and make sure that the base turns out and try to depress um, turnout on the other side. This may or may not depress turnout on the other side. I don't think it's as divisive an issue amongst Democrats as it once was, though maybe in some communities who support Democrats, so the Catholic community, for example. But it will absolutely be the thing that will turn out the Trump vote. Um, and that may well then get him over the line. Doug, the Supreme Court has uh, this conservative majority now, um, and that's what the southern states are gambling on. But uh, the Supreme Court did block a new abortion restriction law from Louisiana this year. Um, so this isn't a slam, a slam dunk, is it? It's not a slam dunk, but the the pay the pathway has been cleared, and in fact, there was an opinion uh, issued by the court uh, a few days ago. The opinion written by Justice Thomas pretty much said in black and white that uh, the Supreme Court should overturn precedents when it sees a reason to, and that's a big, big shift because. Just whilst we're here, isn't Gorsuch the justice who's against overturning precedents and also... Um, Chief Justice Roberts has, has... And Roberts, yes. ...has said that as well. However, mm-hmm. there's pretty good reason to believe that Justice Kavanaugh has no problem doing a political turn on something. And Clarence Thomas... Uh, has written as such. He's written it. And... Neither of whom, by the way, I trust on women's rights. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. You, you've got uh, justices with uh, records that are not exactly favorable to the right to privacy that was acknowledged in Roe versus Wade. And they're activist judges. And it's it, that's the startling thing, because, you know, from, from the time that uh, Ronald Reagan was president, the Republican Party was always railing against judges making laws from the bench and mm. that you know judges should just interpret the law and not change the law that's not what we're seeing now we're seeing radical changes by the courts and the other thing is that the the Trump uh, Trump is succeeding in packing the courts with extreme conservative judges that in many cases have marginal or even questionable qualifications and you know, there was a there was a judge uh, approved to the federal bench uh, this week with no democrat votes and that that shouldn't be the case it always used to be almost unanimous approval because you appoint qualified people who have a consistent philosophy but He's putting people on the bench that have no legal experience other than, I mean, literally never 
done a court case before. Um, Alabama Democratic State Senator Bobby Singleton said that the bill will criminalise doctors and was an attempt by men to tell women what to do with their bodies. Um, Emma, we've had several Democratic presidential hopefuls who have come out and actually commented on the bill. Um, do you think this will help shape the Democratic presidential race? I don't know that it will necessarily because none of the... I can't see any of the main contenders, either the top tier or the second tier, coming out like in favour of this. Or um, yeah, I think the Democratic Party shifted pretty squarely into the um, right, um, right for choice column now. And anyone who wants to... It, it's even more of a litmus test than, say, Medicare for All. Um, or Green New Deal. Um, I think you know, it, it's not even one that they say out loud necessarily because it's just kind of assumed. So they've said it out loud because of Alabama, but I don't think it would be even being a debate, really. Um, I mean, there may be some of your lower ticket people. I'm, I don't know what Mike Gravel's position is, for example. I just think Mike Gravel is a brilliant name. Um, it should definitely be President Gravel, but um, <laughs> I digress. But I just, you know, you, you, all the way from like Biden to to Bernie, you, they're going to kind of have speakers with one voice on this. So it's not something they're going to dust up with each other about. Don't really know who to ask this question to, because I feel I should ask it to you. I'm going to ask it to you, Emma, even though you are based in the UK. I know that you follow US I politics do. Uh, <laughs> incredibly closely. It's the reason I why do. you're on this show. There are currently three abortion clinics in Alabama, which is down from more than 20 in the 1990s, such as the kind of hostile environment um, which women in Alabama faced who are pro-choice and actually want to have, a, have an abortion, have a termination. Mm. What do women do who find themselves in, such, in, in these states? Uh, what do they do when they need to have a termination? Well, I mean, this is where this law is really, really, um, you know, so much more extreme than so many others, because what they would previously do, presumably, is is go across state lines in the same way that women in the Republic of Ireland until last year's fantastic uh, referendum results and women in Northern Ireland are still forced to do and come to the British mainland to have their abortions. Um, You have to travel far away from your friends, your support network, your family. It will probably cost you quite a bit of money. You may need aftercare, which you won't get if you're not going to a clinic that's that's nearby. What will happen is that women will be left less left safe, and there will almost certainly not be fewer abortions. There will just be fewer safe abortions, and that's the reality of this. It also impacts reproductive health and women's health in general because, absolutely, in many cases, the clinics that were providing abortion services did even more of other mm. health service. Yeah, um, and you know, you've got this awful situation of places that absolutely will not let you have an abortion, but they really don't want you to have contraception either. Um, so you know, it, it, it's it, it's just policing women's bodies from every different direction. And then when a woman does get pregnant, um, and the the turns out the dad's a feckless. I won't use a word that I'm not supposed to use. Um, then they're still left on their own. There's barely any welfare for them. And of course, they're blamed, these welfare queens. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just women can't win at all. 
Mm. I think that is an apt point to end this um, shameful bill which has gone through the Senate of Alabama. Now let's move to the edifying prospect of a Tory party election leadership contest. There have long been calls for her to wave goodbye. Now the Prime Minister's hand's been forced. For the first time, we know she'll peer out of this door in June to contemplate life beyond it. Summoned to Parliament this morning for a meeting in her office, but not on her terms, as the 1922 Committee of Backbench Tory MPs demanded her departure. They emerged after lunch, without a date, but with a promise to set one, just as soon as the Prime Minister's had one last go at passing her Brexit deal via a vote on the withdrawal bill. She and I will meet to agree a timetable for the election of a new leader of the Conservative Party. That's the position agreed by the Prime Minister and the 1922 Executive. So just to be clear, if the withdrawal agreement bill doesn't pass, do you expect the Prime Minister to tender her immediate resignation? We have agreed to meet to decide the timetable for the election, regardless of what the vote is uh, on the second reading, whether it passes or whether it fails to pass. That means the first week of June could be one of Theresa May's last. On the Monday, she hosts Donald Trump on his state visit, possibly holding the Brexit vote as soon as the Tuesday, before marking D-Day commemorations with the Queen on Wednesday and fighting a key by-election in Peterborough on the Thursday. And just as the Prime Minister's future is in question, Boris Johnson's been providing answers about his. Are you going for the Prime Minister role? I'm going for my bike, thank you. Are you going to, you going to be the Prime Minister? Today he confirmed he will be joining the race to become leader, proving some things in politics are still possible to predict. So Graham Brady has told Tory MPs that the end of Theresa May's premiership is nigh and the beginning of the official hunt for the next leader of the country cometh. Should we be whooping and hollering at this news? Discuss, Emma. Uh, no, probably not. I mean, Theresa May, don't get me wrong, she's absolutely useless. I mean, really, really, really bad. Um, and I say that partly as a partisan, as you know that I am. But mm. also, I don't think there's anyone in her party who would strongly disagree with me on that. Um, you know, she, she had such a disastrous election in 2017 and since then has been able to do absolutely nothing um her brexit deal pleases literally nobody her um her leadership skills are none um but what's coming next and that's what terrifies me um we're almost certainly you know the people who are going to choose the next prime minister of our country are not the citizens of our country but a very very small a uh, group of hardcore Tory Brexiteers, most of whom, by the way, are probably not voting Tory next week in the European elections. Explain that for our listeners outside of the UK. Despite having a referendum saying that we wanted to leave the EU, we because we haven't managed, managed to do that yet, because we can't work out how to do it, because it turns out it's actually really complicated. Um, so in order to... Because they've extended the time that we're going to be members... We now have to have European elections so that we have um, democratic representation in the European Parliament. Um, these are happening next week. The two main parties look like they're going to get a bit of a battering in them. Labour may come in second, which 
would be okay um not perfect but okay um but they're like they're losing a lot of their remain supporting votes to the lib dems and the greens and the tories are losing absolutely shed loads of their vote may even come in fourth or fifth to the brexit party which is the new vehicle for nigel farage wonder where that's funding from um i I believe he's got some offshore account and he gets paid in rubles or something yeah but but anyway um the tory party have said at least ministers and tory grandees have said that they want to make sure that may has a dignified exit um (laughs) emma um, good luck with that (laughs) back with you um can we sum up what the issue of europe has done to conservatism and how will it shape the party going forward Conservatism with a small c, it's probably boosted it. Um, We've become much more insular and inward looking, um, much more attached to a picture of a past nation that we feel that we've lost as a country. When I say we, I really don't mean me, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of the Conservative Party with a big c, uh, Darren, I, I think it's quite possible, possibly even statistically probable, that the Conservative Party will split, um, that a large portion of the Conservatives will not be willing to be led by Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Um, why not? Why not be led by Boris Johnson? Have you ever seen <laughs> Boris Johnson? <laughs> what a fine leader he is. <laughs> um, Boris Johnson is a man who had to apologise to the whole city of Liverpool as a uh, foreign secretary managed to extend the detention of a British citizen in Iran um, who managed to quote deeply offensive poetry uh, while in uh, Myanmar Um, he's just the only person who would benefit from a Boris premiership is Boris but that's fine with him uh, Doug, what is the American view of Boris Johnson? Because obviously he used to be our foreign secretary, so he did have some kind of standing on, on the global stage. So he isn't exactly unknown to American political watchers, is he? Not unknown, but I would agree that his antics were not exactly um, the sort of thing that brought him esteem. Certainly, with Brexit and all the shenanigans, maybe that's not a fair word to use, but the the controversy over Brexit uh, has cast him in a particularly negative light. And I think most of us over on this side of the uh, the Atlantic see him as very much akin to our president, kind Mm -hmm. of a... um, not a serious person does who he seem, deserves the job. And he's he very seem, much following the Trump playbook as well. Mm. So does he seem, uh, Doug, like a boilerplate European populist? Do you like, just lumping him, lumping him with the Le Pens and with that joker in Hungary and Poland, etc.? No, I definitely don't. I actually see Johnson as a bit more of a clown figure, and I see the leaders in Hungary and Turkey and Le Pen in France as much more dangerous and deliberately anti
anti-people. But Emma, people do say that he is the one politician, or at least one politician, if not the one politician, who can actually connect with people emotionally. We can't take that away from him, can I we? Don't, I don't think that's actually what they say. Um, people like him. Uh, I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think he, he, he connects with them in a, oh, look at the funny politician. And that's pretty much what carried him to be mayor of London. Um, that and his endless appearances on Have I Got News For You, which is where people sort of felt like they got to know him rather than got to know his politics, if you know what I mean. The mm. problem he's got um, is that he was very popular when he did that because he managed to play to both sides. But having taken such a strong side over Brexit, he's lost a lot of the sort of liberal, metropolitan, soft Tory, centrist support that he once commanded. If he gets into the final two, which is um, decided by the Tory MPs, he will win the membership hands down. They absolutely adore him. But the wider country, I would argue, have fallen out of love with Boris. Okay, just give us some hot takes um, on the next names I'm going to uh, read out for you. So I'm looking at, goodness, I can't remember where I, where I got this. Oh, Paddy Power. Here we go. Good old-fashioned British institution, Paddy Power, the bookies, have said that Boris is 11-4 to be uh, the next uh, Prime Minister. Uh, we talked about him. Uh, followed by Michael Gove at 7-1. to one. Hot take. Go. Go, Emma. Uh, Michael Gove is like the sort of clever Boris Johnson that no one likes. He's a class SWAT guy. Um, he wouldn't beat Boris in a popular contest. Um, he may be the Brexiteer alternative if there is a concerted stop Boris. Um, so you know, if they want it to be a Brexiteer candidate versus a Remain candidate and they absolutely don't want it to be Boris, they may land on Gove, although I'm hearing that's more likely to be Dominic Raab. Okay, 7-1 to one, Dominic Raab, go. Uh, I know very little about Raab. He's kind of... Um, He's a, he's one of your Brexiteers who's just a bit boilerplate, really. But then maybe that's what the... As I say, if they can't have Boris, that'll be what the membership wants. Jeremy Hunt, 10 to 1. Jeremy Hunt once hid behind a tree from a journalist. That's really all you need to know about Jeremy Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and Savid Javid. Uh, Savid Javid is an interesting character. Um, he, you know, son of a working class, um, first generation immigrant. Um has interesting things to say, very right-wing. Um, is it he who makes his wife read the fountainhead with him every year? If it's not him, then that's the sort of thing he might do. But there, there is, I think that's him. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're ideologically pure Thatcherism. Um, but with the Tory membership, the Tory members have a big Islamophobia problem. I can't see them elected, Sajid Javid, but I've been wrong before. Mm. And on that note, because somebody needs to go to the theatre... I do. We're going to go away to takeaways <laughs> of the week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time where we reflect on humanity, on the world, and we try and lift everyone's spirits. Doug, it's been a little while since we've had you on the show. Why don't you tell us what has been the thing which has illuminated you, empowered you, in the last seven days. Well, I'm going to tip my hat to Sir Elton John, who is on his three-year farewell tour at age 72. And uh, I had the pleasure of seeing one of the shows a few months ago, which was really quite a thrill, even though I've seen him many times over the years. But what I'm most impressed by is uh, he did an interview a couple of days ago uh, with uh, uh, Variety uh, a newspaper in Hollywood where he's opening up about many of the struggles that he's had during his career, talking about the problems that came up because of all the fame and fortune mm-hmm. uh, he's been sober for 30 years he's got a wonderful family and he is doing so much to give back to all the people that built up his career over the years and inspire others to do good as well and we need more of that mm. fantastic i thought you were going to say that you were tipping your hat to sir elton john because as chairman of watford uh, watford are going to be in the fa cup final and he's going to have his second fa cup final with his beloved football team <laughs> that is a pretty cool thing he used to play soccer uh... emma <sighs> it's your time to shine last saturday night i went all the way to croydon which from Leighton is a trek to do a piece of immersive theatre. I love immersive theatre. It's my absolute um, passion. But you could not have designed a piece of immersive theatre better written for me. It's called Crisis What Crisis? 
Mm -hmm. And you play out a slightly alternate history version of the end of the Callaghan government and try to win the vote of no confidence. I mean, it's just so much silly, wonderful political fun. I just absolutely had a total blast. So anyone who's geeky enough to listen to me rabbit on about politics on this podcast would, I think, really, really enjoy it. So if they can get to Croydon, they should get to Croydon. I wish we had something like that over here because it sounds like a wonderful way to kind of laugh at the mess that we're all in. Exactly. Absolutely. It was such a tonic. My takeaway is I do a lot of travel. I generally don't remember names of airlines that I travel with. People always say to me, oh, uh, which do you kind of recommend? Who do you travel with, etc., etc." I always use Skyscanner um, as a way of booking my flights. So I literally have no allegiance Mm. to airlines about two months ago flying to the states inadvertently i booked my flight for the month in advance turned up on on the day and said um want, yeah here i am i'm trying to jump on a plane took the woman five minutes to realize because she looked at the date as well she didn't realize as well and she went oh you booked this a month in advance i thought i was going to have to pay um a new ticket fee to be able to fly Air Canada just said, no, it's fine. We'll just change your ticket. And I went, yeah, but what's the difference? I'm going to have to pay with it. No, 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 sir. You're fine. You're good. Get oh, on the plane. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't sound Air like Canada. an airline. <laughs> not at all. It's definitely not EasyJet. Yeah. No. Um, it was just amazing. <laughs> I, I was floored. And when I was walking from the one from the check-in desk to the desk to buy the ticket, I looked on, on, on my phone and it was going to be 800 UK pounds for me to book a flight to fly straight away and i'm thinking oh my god okay that's what i'm gonna have to pay my ticket only cost like 210 or something Mm, so i'm thinking mm. at the very least they're gonna say pay the difference they went no you bought a ticket with air canada you you can just change it brilliant now much smaller but but still important for me i'm flying on air canada um two days ago coming into the bay area I fancied a, a chicken noodle soup. You know, they pushed around the trolley. What do you want to eat, sir? I went, you know what? I'll have a chicken noodle soup. Gave her my debit card and she went, oh, is that not a credit card, sir? I went, no, I don't have credit cards because I'm crap with money. <laughs> right? I just have debit cards. And she went, oh, you can't have that then. It's only credit cards on, on Air Canada. I went, OK, put it in my pocket. She came back 10 minutes later. She went, here's your chicken noodle soup, sir. Air Canada, fly on that airline. They're absolutely lovely. It human service. She didn't have to give me the chicken noodle soup. I don't know where she got the money from. I definitely didn't pay for it, but I got myself a chicken noodle soup. Doug, uh, why don't you tell people where I can find you on social media? Because Emma needs to go to the theatre. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter. I am at SFDoug, and I look forward to hearing from people about politics, airlines, food. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, um, you've told us what what you're going to see, but what have you been up to recently, and where can people find you on the socials? Uh, So I had a piece in Grazia recently, which is one of the things I'm most proud of. (laughs) Very unpolitical piece. It was lovely. Uh, And lots of theatre reviews and more stuff on politics pretty much everywhere. And I am Emma Burnell underscore on the Twitters. And Doug, and I realise we didn't ask you what you've been up to recently. So go on, big yourself up, sir. Puff your chest out. Um, I've been uh, doing all kinds of things, but the... uh 
part that I'm probably most excited about is I've been working with uh, some of the incarcerated journalists at San Quentin State Prison um, ah, who are producing... But Trump's already started um, locking up the media. <laughs> Is that that amazing He's been podcast? Threatening about it. Um, so um, yes and no. So I haven't been working directly with the folks that do the podcast, although I, I certainly know them and uh, got to watch them mm. develop uh, the podcast. And I, I actually had a wonderful conversation with uh, Erlon Woods, who is the the, the star mm. uh, and who's now paroled, uh, a couple of years ago about interview techniques, which was great fun. But uh, they, they produce a monthly newspaper, the San Quentin News, and they're now doing a magazine. We've got the second issue literally just rolling off the presses this week. And it is so satisfying to work with these men who in many cases did really bad things a long time ago. And they're working so hard to learn new skills and to do some good and to tell stories that matter. Mm, Wonderful. Wonderful. Where's a journalist? I I highly appreciate that. All right. And then quite simply... I'm not going to tell you what my Twitter handle is because I've just about given up with the platform <laughs> because I'm rubbish. Right, I never do anything on there. Um, but but you can also find us at Mid Atlantic Show on on the Twitters. But folks, forget all of that. What you can do, what you should do, is a proper and right thing to do is to go and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or a podcatcher of your delectation. Uh, and and whilst you whilst you're doing that, go tell a friend to listen to us too. That's been us Mid Atlantic Show because left to centre politics is right politics uh be good to each other that sounds so naff i should never say that that's that's a u.s uh, sitcom be good to each be other be good to each so other not, yeah, what was yeah. it was it so night caller be good to yourselves it, and each it, other it, it, <laughs> no, that's jerry like, springer i hear that anyway folks insert relevant sentence where i've uh, lacked to find one and we'll see you all again in approximately two weeks time take care Great. bye-bye thanks A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.